Today is Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all they do. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My neighbors have these two little dogs. They, they have Rusty and they have Max, and they're these two little dachshunds. Aren't those the cutest dogs in the world? You know, with the short, stumpy little legs. Well, they're getting older, and I guess a couple of months ago, maybe almost half a year ago, Max passed away, leaving Rusty alone. And so whenever I would walk, I walk in my neighborhood. Whenever I'd walk by, I'd try to see if Rusty was outside just to love on him a little bit. Well, I, I saw him one day, and he saw me, and he went, yep, and he ran over to the fence, and I started walking towards him, and right as he got to where the fence was, and I got there too, he started ru- veering to the right. He just took off to the right, and I thought, that's weird, and he ran around the yard, and he looked back over his shoulder, yep, and then he ran, and he came right by, did a drive-by on me, and then he did it again. And this is a picture of my neighbor's backyard, and I have my laser pointer here. Can you see this right here? It actually goes a little wider than this and all the way around, and then it goes back. That's his rut that he runs in. That is where he runs. He does not run in a different part of the backyard except for there. I didn't know that. And so I talked to my neighbors, and I said, gosh, it's cute that Rusty does that. That That's the most precious thing in the world to see a little wiener dog running around in a circle like that. And my neighbor said, well, Laura, I know it's cute, but it's also kind of sad. She said, he never did that until Max died. And when Max died, he didn't really know what to do with himself. And so to cope, he started running in a circle. And what they would try to do is, I don't know if you can see, there's just little toys around the yard. They try to put toys and his bed and his food outside of the circle to lure him out of it. But they said nothing worked. And so they just had to watch day after day as their little dog just ran a circle into the yard. That's us too, isn't it? There's hard things that happen to us in our lives, things that are unexpected, huge blows. This is an imperfect world we live in. And we don't know exactly what to do, and so we do what we can think of. And oftentimes it it equates to running in a circle. But it's a path that our feet know. And so how do you break out of it? That's, That's what we need to talk about today as we talk about being transformed. Because see, just like Rusty's owners didn't give up on him, And they kept trying, and I'll tell you the good news is eventually they got him to break this pattern. They got him a friend, and that's what helped him. God doesn't give up on us either. God is luring us away from that well-worn rut and saying, hey, guys, life can be different. You know, are you happy running in the circle? You can be transformed. And so last week, Pastor Greg talked about how we have permission here to be imperfect, Huzzah, right? I love that. Um, You love that. We can take the masks off. But 
thank you, God, that it's not just we are a community of imperfect people, full stop, right, who stew in their own juices. That would be miserable, you guys, if we were just imperfect and happy to stay that way. No, we're imperfect people who are seeking to be transformed, who are passionately desiring for God to teach us how to get out of this rut, to explore not just the backyard but the world and the life that God would unfold for us. Now, before I get into how we do that, because, boy, how is hard, can I tell you why? The scripture says it. This this scripture is all about transformation, and it starts out with the why. It says, what joy. What joy for those who are transformed, basically. And I think about a butterfly when I think about this. I think, what butterfly ever finally gets its wings dried off and leaps into the world and goes, dang, I wish I was a caterpillar. Never are we going to get to the end of that process of transformation, which we know is hard for caterpillars, and it takes patience and time, and it takes dedication. And as we're going to see, it takes courage. But they do it, and it's worth it. And it's the same with us. Patience, dedication, time, courage. But you guys, it's worth it. When we spread our new wings and we find a brand new future opening up. So I wish I still had Zachary Looper here to tell us caterpillar growth and life stages, but I'm going to have to muddle through it. Um, The first thing that the caterpillar does, which Zachary actually mentioned, is after it puts the right food into its body, it sheds its skin. Did y'all know that? I mean, Zachary knew that, but did y'all know that? Okay. It sheds its skin four to five times. And I think about what the scripture says at this point. I think this equates really well with verse 1 of the Psalms. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Now, much as the caterpillar, if it's going to be transformed, has to get rid of the old skin, so we're going to have to get rid of our old ways, our old habits. Oh, the joys of those who take these steps who don't follow the advice of the wicked. Okay, that's very practical. Um, When you need advice, when you need, okay, I've hit a snag in life, and now you're a believer, it means you're not going to turn to the same people you did when you were not a believer. You're going to find new counselors. You're going to find a new accountability partner. You're going to ask people who are on the same journey with you, what do you think I should do here? People who don't, we don't stand around with sinners. This gets confusing, doesn't it? Aren't we supposed to be out with sinners and not be afraid? Yes. Think about Jesus. He was always eating with sinners. He was always walking up to sinners, and he touched people that nobody else would touch. He'd listen to them. He pulled in children. But when he retired for the night, who was he with? His disciples. So he found the strength, and he's God, But Jesus always had this group of believers, of people who had given up everything to be part of his call. And they were the ones he ate dinner with, he ate breakfast with. They were the ones constant throughout life that gave him the strength to go into the sinful places and be with the people there. 
And so to be transformed, it doesn't mean we put a big black X on sinful people. Please don't do that. It means that the people who are feeding us, who are giving us the most time, are the ones who are on the journey too. And then joining in with mockers, to me that's right here. It's our, the words that we speak, the behaviors that we practice. A lot of times when we begin to follow God, we're going to hear a big no that is not compatible with the Christian life. It has to change. So our friends and our patterns and our behaviors, when we're going to be transformed, we have to lay those all to God and say, God, I give you these. What needs to stay? Sift it. What needs to go? You might have a pretty fine caterpillar skin. There's some fancy ones out there. Um, think about Paul. The Apostle Paul, he had a fancy caterpillar skin. He, he was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. That was really a big muckety-muck. There were some shiny parts on that skin. Um, he was a Roman citizen. People saved their whole life to pay enough money to become a Roman citizen. He was born with it. And he was climbing the ladder. People were throwing their cloaks at his feet. He had a nice caterpillar skin. He thought he was on the right path. And then he met Jesus. He was struck blind. He spent three days fasting and praying. And finally, when a believer comes and lays his hands on him and says, get up and live a new life, Paul doesn't lament the caterpillar skin. He just throws it off and says, hey, everybody, I've got good news for the Gentiles. He just jumps into the new life. Because it's such joy, actually, to get rid of that and to be that much closer to the person God's calling you to be. So the first thing we need to do is get rid of our old ways and patterns. Here's the next thing. Um, The next thing that caterpillars do is they have to make a cocoon. Any of y'all ever seen a caterpillar cocoon? They make them all different ways. But some of the ways that don't work are if the caterpillar doesn't commit itself fully to this process. I've seen some where they only put a few threads so the, the chrysalis is open to the air. Some caterpillars have to find a leaf and wrap themselves in tightly to that leaf. And if they don't, then they fall off on the ground and transformation can't happen. They have to find the right spot and they have to be fully committed. You can't leave gaps. And so this speaks to me of how when we follow God, we can't say, God, I'm following you, but I'm also going to live life the same way I've already done. Because there will, that will leave holes in our chrysalis and will never change if we're trying to be both. We have to fully commit. And the psalm talks about this. It says, they delight in the law of the Lord. We have, um, we have here God's word. And one of the things that we need to do if we want to be transformed, and we all do, is we need to know it. We need to allow it to shape our lives. How do you do that? Well, what you're doing right here today, coming to worship, to be with other believers, and singing the songs of God, a lot of these are based on Scripture. You're singing, and you're learning the Word of God. Um, when we pray, I try to pray from Scripture. You're praying the Word of God. We teach you every week something that you can take home and say, this is how I'll apply the Word of God. So the first step is to just, when you said, when you joined the church and you said, I'll be present, you're saying, I'm putting myself one, one hour every week 
in the presence of God to delight in the law of the Lord. Now, how much change do you think would happen if we just stopped right there? Now, I, I really want you to get into this, and I know it's hard. So that's why I give you a study guide every week. Did you know there's a study guide in there? It's got scriptures and verses, and it takes me some time, but I do that because I want you to delight in the law of the Lord. I want to give you something every day, if you don't know how to study the Bible, that will, that will give you a scripture and some reflections, and five, ten minutes every day, and you know more about the Bible than you did before. We have something called um, the upper room in the back. It's a devotional, too, written by people like you and me. You could get that. I brought my one-year Bible. Some of y'all may be to this stage where you are ready to read a one-year Bible and know the Bible from front to back, cover to cover. It'll piece it up for you. There are so many ways. Did you know there's a Bible app? There's a bazillion Bible apps. I like version. You could write this down. version. it has a million versions of the Bible, and it has every kind of study plan you could ever want. Topical, um, partial Bible, whole Bible. My little girl, when she got her Bible at the church, I didn't know this, but she just sat down and she went Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. <laughs> and she said, Mom, I can't read the Bible. That's just a bunch. I don't get that. And it broke my heart. So we're trying to figure out how to teach Anna to delight in the law of the Lord. Please, you guys, don't hear me saying just pick up the Bible and start on page one, okay? Come to me, find a way, but delight in the law of the Lord. Because if God gives us his word and and the story and we find ourselves as part of the story, then the more we know about it, the more we have that safe place for our hearts to be transformed. Okay, final step, and this is so cool. Once the caterpillar is in its chrysalis, what it does is, and I think Zachary knew this too, it releases an enzyme that completely dissolves its old body. So that if you were to cut into this chrysalis at the right stage, what would come out would be caterpillar soup. That's commitment. When it does this, Everything goes back to original form, so it's this nutrient soup, except within the body of the caterpillar, waiting, are these little things that scientists call imaginal disks. And they have within them the blueprint for an entirely new body. So there's imaginal disks just waiting, dormant, until the caterpillar dissolves itself, then these discs are released into the soup, and this one says, this is how you build a wing. Here's the other wing, the legs. Here's a imaginal disc for a new eye and a new body, and this is for a new thorax. And suddenly, they're in this soup of nutrients, and they have the ability to draw to them the nutrients they need to build an entirely new body. Wow. The psalm says this, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. That's prayer. Prayer is the imaginal disk of a transformed life. I was thinking about prayer, and I was thinking of all the things in my life that I've ever spent time on. I have never regretted a minute 
I spent praying. No matter how busy my day was or how I thought, oh, I really need to get going before I pray, I have never thought, oh, I wasted my time. Because you see, you guys, I don't exactly know what my new life will look like. You guys don't know. We, we don't know. We know the rut. But the Lord knows. And so whenever I know the scripture and then I, I bow my head to pray, I am inviting God to find the imaginal discs in my life and transform me into somebody new. And God talks to me. And I want to tell you all that and then to explain it. How does God speak to me? I counted them up and four times in my life it's been an actual voice. Four. Unmistakable four. I feel blessed by those four. But most of the time, 99.9% of my life when I'm praying, it's a nudge. Or it's the fact that I just read a scripture that seems to speak exactly to what I'm going through. Or I'm convicted about one of my behaviors. And it's not a conviction I would normally have, but I realize that's not right and I need to be living differently. Or I'm led to pray for one of y'all. Just out of the blue. And I find that when I pray and then if I follow up... um, I'll give you an example. My friend Stacy, she's a pastor in Washington, and she's just been on my mind. I, I even had a dream about her. I think God was like, seriously, Stacy. And I didn't follow up on it. And then she followed up with me, and she said, Laura, you've been on my mind. She's in Washington, D.C., and the Spirit is talking to us. So there's a reason there that we need each other in this moment. I don't know what it is yet. But we've, that's an imaginal disc right there. And here's the best part, is when we pray, not only are we being changed, but there are imaginal discs out in creation. And we have the chance when we are praying to activate those. I mean, didn't Jesus say, when you pray, you will move mountains? We have the chance to reshape the world into God's kingdom by praying. That's transformation, not just of ourselves, which is awesome, but of the world around us. So don't be afraid to shed your old skin. Understand the word of God, the blueprint of the new life, and pray so that God can activate the new life within you. And then be patient. Just be patient, you guys. I mean, think of the poor hairy bear caterpillar. It takes 15 years while the monarch, it takes a month. For us, even more so than caterpillars, this is something we commit to every day, every day. Why? Because it's joy. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy to look at the world and realize you are seeing it with new generous eyes. Oh, the joy to realize your hands are stronger and being used in ways you never thought they'd be used before by God. Oh, the joy to realize God has given you wings. And you're about to leap into a brand new future. Oh, the joy of being transformed. 
Let's pray. God, we know that you call us out of our ruts and into a brand new world. You teach us new ways. You ask us to shed our old ways and patterns, to shed those skins, to know your word, and to talk to you every day so we can be transformed. And so, Lord, help us to be patient with ourselves and give us the strength so that, like the butterflies, we may find that you have given us a brand new life. We have been transformed. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.